but now that we're a family podcast. And we're back with another episode of the Now That We're a Family podcast. Today's episode, Katie and I have actually talked about doing for a couple months now. And it was a concept that we came up with during our hiatus from the podcast. And I almost kind of brought this topic up last week when we were doing our when we were kind of running through our, our uh, you know, reviewing our break, but you stopped me because you felt that this concept deserved its own episode. Yeah, I cut him off, which yeah. was kind of bad, but I really do think it's going to be worth it. I think I, I did a good thing still. Yeah, you're standing by I, your yeah, decision. Yeah, I'm standing by the decision because I really do feel like it's going to be worth a whole episode to talk about because we've had so many conversations surrounding this and it just didn't seem like I'd do it justice to just throw it in there. So anyways, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Well, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. And then I'm excited for you to like correct some of the things that I say improperly. (laughs) I was going to say, I think I'm just here to hear what you have to say. I don't have a ton of notes on this topic. No. So this... I, I started thinking about this when we were on our break and I was listening to some different radio stations and most of them were Christian radio stations and there were like call-in shows and these stations would have various guests on that were, you know, psychologists or PhDs and some, I guess, social science and people would call in and, and they were Christians. They were Christian, you know, uh, doctors and, and so on. And I I started getting frustrated because I felt like a lot of the uh, the advice was so it was almost like indicative of what like the 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 bad medical advice that is like assuming a bunch of things are never going to change in people's lives and so they give them a drug to as a band-aid maybe. So it's like okay, you have these symptoms. We're going to give you this drug to make you feel better, but we aren't going to really consider the root of the problem that's right. and go back to what's actually causing this problem in the first place. Maybe it's more lifestyle related. We're just kind of going to work from where we're at today instead of going backwards and seeing if we can eliminate what caused this. That's right. Is that what you're talking about? That's exactly right. Right. Yes. So thanks for expounding upon that. And and again, we're not here to like bash the, the medical system. That's not why no, we brought this up. No, we're incredibly grateful. We're we're grateful system. for many. For but but I we do feel like a lot of times it doesn't address some things that are lifestyle related. Uh, and I felt like a lot of these this Christian advice was doing the exact same thing. And I'm gonna I'm, I'm giving my little intro here, but it's funny. I'm glad we had a couple months to think about this because. I started, I, I approached initially this concept feeling pretty good about myself, meaning like, man, these people, these people are morons. Like, why are they giving this advice or this is so stupid? And then I started realizing like, oh my word, I do the exact same thing in my own life. And it's the classic, you know, the speck in your brother's eye and you've got like a, you know, a huge tree in your own eye. And, and so I feel like the Lord really used me you know, originally having a critical heart towards some of this advice or some of these people's dilemmas. Um, and then he, he used it to reveal in my life and in our life, some things that we needed to change. And so I'm going to keep expounding on what got me here. Cause I'm not giving very many 
Yeah, I feel like details. this is so vague. Like, I feel like you're doing a good job, but I feel like you can be more detailed. Okay. Like, you heard one specific story sure. on the internet, right? You came home. Well, there was two. There was okay. two back-to-back call-ins that kind of killed me. And I, I'm not going to be able to remember them verbatim, so I'll do my best to not over-dramatize them. Because I don't think I'm... Like, these scenarios were crazy. You know, it was this, like, child psychologist that was a Christian that was the expert on the show. And people were calling in to ask advice. And so, the first call-in was from a mother who was a Christian lady, and she said, hey, I'm looking for ways to connect with my, I think her daughter was 11, with my 11-year-old daughter. I feel like, you know, when she was really young, she loved me, she would come to me, and as years have gone on, we've grown separate, and I just feel like I don't know her at all. And and so the child psychologist kind of asks some more questions about her life, and come to find out this... uh, this lady worked a lot. She worked 70 to 80 hours a week. Her husband also worked a sales job, which actually had him traveling every week. So every week he was gone two to three nights, sometimes four nights out of the week traveling for sales. Uh, their daughter would would go to school first thing in the morning, and then her grandma would pick her up, and then she would spend you know the whole afternoon and evening at her grandma's house until her mother got off work at like seven or eight, and then would go pick her up, and then they'd come home, and and they'd be able to connect sometimes that evening or you know over the weekend. And so, like when you heard her lifestyle, you're kind of like, well, boy, like that makes sense that you're not feeling very connected. Like you never spend time with her, nor does your husband. And and, the, and she was calling in for on behalf of her husband and herself. She's like, we don't feel like we're connected to our daughter anymore. Um, and she laid out her lifestyle, and I was like, well, man. Like you're literally, you're, you're working six days a week, you know, 10 hour to 12 hour days, your daughter's spending more time at school or at her grandma's house than ever with you. You guys make it to church usually together as a family on Sunday and at church, like she goes to her children's program and you guys sit in on the main service and you come home on Sunday and you're getting ready for another week. And I was like, a bunch of things need to change, like logistically, in order for you to connect with your daughter. And I'm—I don't know if you guys know this, but I consider myself an expert on parent-children relationships. No, I'm joking. But you <laughs> well, can hear—you can—you can know the attitude that I had when I was listening to this. Easy to sure. armchair quarterback. Yes. Yeah, and it's okay. Just like say the attitude you felt, and we're gonna work into yes. how it applied to our lives and how and convicted like I was. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm sitting here thinking, like, oh well. I hopefully this child psychologist gives her just like some practical insight on how maybe they can make some lifestyle changes to better connect with their daughter. You know, maybe they they need to change careers. Maybe they need to change companies they're working for. Maybe they could consider living on a one parent, you know, one one income home for a bit. Or uh, there's a bunch of things going through my my brain, and um, that's not why the psychologist was on the show. He was there promoting some of his resources. And so he, which is fine. That's why he was on there. And so he said, well, you know, I've got this, this workbook. It's, you know, questions to ask your children and you can go through it with her. And I'm sure it's a great book. I'm not here to bash any of the resources that this guy has, but that was, that was like the insight he had for her. She got off the call and I was like, that's nuts. Like, no, she's not going to even question the, their lifestyle they've built out and how that may have, have, have had some effect on her relationship with her daughter and her, you know, her husband's relationship with their daughter and how like they never see her. They're always working. Like, can't we, can't we question some of those things? But of course they weren't questioned. 
And so I was like, that's, that's kind of crazy that those things aren't even brought up, brought to the table as consideration for perhaps adjusting or altering to some extent for the well-being of your family relationships. If indeed that is a priority, Mm -hmm. you know, if, again, if you, you, everybody gets to come up with their own priorities. Hopefully they're submitted to God and that the Holy Spirit's leading you and coming up with your priorities. Um, but from her heart, she was speaking, it made it sound like, no, this, this child is such a priority to us. We love her. We care for her. But yet it, it seemed practically like she wasn't making it a priority. Well, I think that's part of the hard part with our culture. This is what we want to talk about ultimately is what are the things that are on the table that we aren't willing to let go of? That's right. Or what things have we not been willing to let go of in order to live out our priorities? And, you know, you mentioned, Elisha, that we all can pick our own priorities. But as Christians, we are subject to God's order of priority. Mm -hmm. And so it sounds like this lady was you know, really interested in God's order of priority. She Mm -hmm. did value her daughter's relationship. But in this instance, it seemed like the biggest thing getting in the way of that was career. Mm -hmm. And so that is out of balance. But in our culture today, in the Christian church, we aren't talking about these things that are out of balance. Mm -hmm. Like career, we don't don't consider necessarily changing careers. That just seems like, oh, well, that we're going to assume that that's a foundation. That's just a given. You need to continue in your career. So what can we do? What questions can we ask? How can you have special time with your daughter? How can we focus on her love language? Mm -hmm. How can we do all these different things to create relationship? And yeah, that's that's wonderful. And we do want to do all those things with our kids. But maybe this assumption that we're making that a career cannot be changed for the sake of the family is a faulty assumption. Yeah. And I think it led to me, you know, first being so grateful, obviously I had a critical heart, which wasn't, which wasn't right at all, you know? And I always tell Katie, like, I always, I feel like I can gauge where, where I'm at, like in my walk with the Lord based on how much like criticism I have in my heart. <laughs> like when I feel like I'm walking with the Lord, I'm in his word and his spirit is really leading me. I just don't have very much criticism for people, but when I'm not, it's like, I just all of a sudden get critical of everyone. And so, well, this is something I really admire about you though, is that I feel like regardless of your first response, you always come around to, okay, how does this affect my own heart? Where is my own heart in this? Always. I've never heard you stop at this is someone else's problem. Sure. I'm, I think I, really I have. Admire. I think I have, but I'm grateful that you don't remember those times. <laughs> no, so the, the I think this the like the the the, the wow. Well, <laughs> say that one more time. No, I got this. I got this. Wait, tell the, the other story. Are you going to tell the I other will story? maybe I'll tell that story. No, okay. I don't want it to be a bash session. Okay, so, well I could tell it so it's because, not a bash session. Because ultimately this led to us being ultimately convicted, but maybe share the other story. Well, I think this was very telling because I think a lot of parents are dealing with this today. And so I do want to address it. And a father called in from, I'm going to just, you know, this yes, is I think it was the same show. Telling. It was the same show. Same show. Yeah. A father called in saying that his son had been going to school and he had been exposed to some very heavy pornography yeah. that was pretty twisted on another child's device. Yeah. And I think his son was eight. His son was eight years old. Yeah. And... The sad part was on the show, they talked about, okay, how can you have a discussion with your son about this heavy content that he viewed? How can you, you know, help him process it? And yeah, that obviously needs to happen now that he's been exposed to this. But it was never a discussion of, 
pull your son out of school. Get him out of this situation. Yeah, get him away from those friends. Get him away from all the other people that have these phones. Because, I mean, I hear this. I, I was in getting a facial done, and the gal was talking about how she was so frustrated, how she doesn't let her daughter have a phone. But at school, and this girl's in middle school, she has access to all her friends' phones. And I was like, yeah, like, why are we not considering this? If if phones are an issue for your child or what they're accessing online, why isn't the conversation get them out of the situation? Right. We're assuming, oh, they have to be in that situation. They have to be around those friends. They have to have access to other people's devices. I mean, because most kids are curious. They're going to just, regardless of what you say, they're going to do what they want to do, right? And so, like, when they aren't with you. Yes. And so you just are assuming, we're assuming as a culture and as a church that these things aren't questioned. These are non-negotiables. Mm. Now what do we do with the ramifications from those? And it's just, I guess I want to be so careful in our lives with, are those the conversations we're having? Or well, are yeah. we willing to change our lifestyle in a dramatic way for the sake of our marriage and our kids? Case in the kitchen. <gasps> cooking with you today. You know, it doesn't really have the same vibe as when I do it with all seven of my other sisters. But if you haven't heard of K's in the Kitchen, it's a cooking show that I started with seven of my sisters and we've turned it into a fun way to learn new recipes and cook together with your family. Just the dinner table sitting around the dinner table, <laughs> dinner table was so big for my family and just building relationship. And a big part of that was food. I don't love to cook, but I know that it really blesses my family. And so one way to make this more fun was to learn with my sisters how to take some incredible recipes and learn to cook together. So I wanna encourage you to go to nowthatwe'reafamily.com and check out Kay's in the Kitchen. It's a fun cooking program that you can use to build relationship with your daughter learning to cook, with your boys, as siblings, it doesn't really matter. We just want to get your family in the kitchen and seated around the dinner table enjoying an incredible meal. So head over to Kay's in the Kitchen and you can get 10% off. It's like the lucky number by putting the code podcast over at Now That We're a Family. Yes, or our faith and all those things. And and, and even more of that story. Yeah, because this was an ongoing thing. It wasn't like, oh, his eight-year-old son saw this this one time and it was really troubling him. It's like he saw it and now he's kind of like around it all the time. Yeah. And it's because it's, it's this environment so that he's in. Um, and there, again, there are so many different angles you could take at this. And I've heard so many different, you know, the fact is people say, well, we live in a sinful world. That is that is what it is. Like, can you just, you know, remove yourself from this this sinful world we're supposed to be in the world but not of it? And so it's inevitable that you're going to be around filth in this world. And to some extent, of course, that is true. But you can also totally be a fool. You know, I was just reading in Proverbs, and it's Proverbs, I wrote it down. I wrote the reference. Proverbs 22, 3, that a prudent man foresees evil and hideth himself. But the simple, what does it say? Pass on and are punished. You got it. Nice job. But the ding, simple, ding, 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 ding. it says the simple pass by and are punished. And so we're, this isn't like somebody that's out even looking for evil. They're not looking for sin, but they're just a simple-minded person. They're not being aware of their surroundings. They're not being conscientious of what could be a temptation or what could be a stumbling block for them. And they pass right by it and they're punished because of that. They're punished either by the sin itself or by falling into the sin, then they become, then they're punished for that sin. Uh, 
And I don't want to be that simple-minded man in my own life where I think, well, hey, like, there's just sin out here. And, you know, what is it, the adulterous, Proverbs 7, it says, he he saw amongst the youth a simple-minded one, and he crossed over to the street mm-hmm. of the adulterous woman, and she came out. I'm, this is I'm not quoting it, but I, this is what it communicates, I think. Yeah. And she came out in her, you know, adulterous the the dress of a harlot, and and she seduced the boy because he was simple-minded and went and passed by her street. That one kind of tends makes you believe like he was kind of looking for trouble, but still they refer to him as a simple-minded man that kind of like passed over to her side of the street and went by her place. And he fell into sin and, and later on it says, and her steps lead down to hell. Like that was the gateway mm-hmm. to hell for him in that instance, in that story. And so I never want to think like, oh, just life is what it is. I'm just going to go on my merry little way. And there's sin out there. It might come across me. I'm a Christian. Hopefully I can refrain from it. It's like, no, I want to foresee evil. I want to hide myself from it as best as I can and then walk in that life that I've been given freedom in, in Christ, and not be punished for being simple-minded and falling falling into sin. Now, that's a little bit of a sidetracked point, although I do think it can apply, because I don't think any of these things that people were doing were inherently sinful, right? But that's yeah. the point of Proverbs 22.8, I believe, or 20, sorry, 22.3, is that he didn't foresee danger. It was evil. It, it was in the, there was potential evil in it. And so I think so many of these environments that, you know, I've found myself in, unfortunately, or that other people put themselves in on a regular basis, if you just practically looked at it, you're like, you know what, you're kind of putting yourself in a dicey situation. Is there a way you could avoid this situation? And I do want to say real quick, yes, our children are going to stumble upon things, we're going to have to have those conversations. I think it's wonderful that there are experienced professionals or experts who are helpful in walking parents through having those hard discussions. I know that we're going to have to with our kids. So it's not like we're saying, oh, hide them in a bubble and then you won't have to go through this process. There is a place for the process. But what stood out to us and what spoke to us through these stories were there were some things that there were some faulty assumptions that were hurting the family. That's right. And so that's what we took away from it. And so when we came home, we were like, okay, these are things that it seems obvious to see in someone else's life. What are the things in our life that we haven't been willing to put on the table, hold loosely and say, is this benefiting our family? Is this harming our family? What are those things in our lives? Yes. And, and we found some. We did. And one, I think you have to ask the question, is there something I'm not willing to to, you know, sacrifice or to lay aside for the health of my marriage or my family um, or my, my faith? Or are there things that I'm just straight up oblivious to? They're so yeah. like second nature to me. I've, they've been in my, they've been a part of my routine or my life since as long as I can remember. So I never once even questioned whether or not it was promoting these things that I'm a fan of, or it was taking away from them. And it was a potential danger in, in these areas. And yeah, so we evaluated that in our own lives. It also made us reflect on our parents and how mm-hmm. intentional they were in ways that were so countercultural. They were uncomfortable. They maybe even for a time cost them money. They missed out on promotions. It caused them being kind of, you know, even ostracized for my parents, anyways, from different church groups because they felt like just what was best for their family, they had to do some things differently. 
And I, I really feel like in hindsight, my dad put his money where his mouth was. He put his, you know, kind of like his reputation where his mouth was. He put his name amongst the community where his mouth was when it said, Hey, I, I want to serve God. I value my wife and our relationship more than these outside relationships. Mm-hmm. I want to raise and protect my children and bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And this led to him changing careers. This led to him do you know cha- changing businesses, business partnerships because of the health. This led to him removing himself from different like sports leagues or from different even you know uh, like social scenes, I should say, um, because it, you know maybe him and my mom didn't agree on some things. And he's like, you know, why am I? I don't have to be a part of this group. I can I can step away from this group. You know, it's a big reason why it led to them homeschooling and why there's a bunch of things. We've got some close friends that. I just have so much respect because they literally moved two states away for the for the sake he you know he moved from his their community their job then you're thinking well that's not healthy you should stay connected to your community well no the community was part of the problem for their, his children they were child had gotten into a situation with yeah. the community where they're like you know what we need to be removed from this community and put our child in with a healthy community they knew of a healthy community two states away yeah and they moved and I, I don't, and I don't think that if you asked him now, you know, ten or fifteen years later, whatever it is, that they, yeah. he would regret it. Yeah, it's no. like, did it was it did it make financial sense? Probably not. Was it good for his career? Probably not. You know, but it was. The, he said, okay, him and his wife were on the same page. Mm-hmm. They were united. They said, for our children's sake, we need to make this move. And I just, I, I have respect for people that truly put their money where their mouth is in practical ways, in ways that that hurt on some level. Yeah, I think. They do hurt. Otherwise, everyone would do them. That's why mm. I think we're slow to want to make those decisions yes. because there's some kind of benefit in what we're doing. Otherwise, right. we wouldn't be doing it. Yes. And any of the things we're mentioning here, I also want you guys to know we aren't saying, oh, well, this is the right way to do it. It's different family by family. And that's why we have to sit down and really critically think through our own lives. Yes. For us... Yeah, there are a few things. Oh, for your parents? Well, your I'm thinking for you and I. For you and I, where you want to just jump into that. I was like, kept putting that off. Because <laughs> okay. it becomes so much less fun <laughs> once you actually have to apply it to your own life. Well, you know, something I think that we did a while ago was we eliminated streaming platforms because we realized that even though we could get a cheaper deal on entertainment, when we were going in, and this is something we did well. I'm going to say some things that okay. weren't so obvious um, that we had to adjust. But we're seeing all these things pop up, all these videos and all these like automatically playing scenes that we didn't want to see. And so purchasing something for $2.99 or 3 bucks from YouTube or from Amazon or whatever was just a healthier way for us to watch something yeah. than a streaming service. Because what yes. our parents didn't do is they didn't have TV. Yes. And that was a way to eliminate a lot of commercials, a lot of the random surfing and just junk you have to wade through to find something that is okay to watch or or beneficial. And what Elisha and I realized is, yeah, we carried that on. You know, our lives were great without TVs, so we just continued that. But with the internet now, with streaming, it's like, who cares if you don't have a TV? You can access everything and it's still all there and you're still getting all the commercials and all the ads and yeah except for times a hundred probably yeah times like so many you know so yeah yeah. that's such a i I, again one of those things my parents did that was actually really counter-cultural at the time and even 
they were the weird ones even in their community was not have a TV. They unplugged the TV, they got rid of it. And that might not that might seem like an obvious thing now, but then they were like the weirdos for it. Oh yeah, big and, time. And and it was the same thing that when they decided to homeschool. They're like, no, we think it's better. And so just those two things, you think, oh well, those are things that Katie and I we want to carry on. It's like we're not going to have TV and we're going to homeschool our kids. Well, but there's then a we whole didn't realize, yeah, we didn't realize like oh, yeah. there are some things that we that are new challenges to our generation and to our I guess culture that our parents did not have to wade through, that we have to wade through, that are going to be challenging. And, and like you said, internet, smartphones, streaming platforms, social media platforms, these things that our parents didn't have to go through actually, I think, are can be like a, a thousand times more dangerous than, than a television in yes. your home. And so I think Katie and I probably were like pounding. We're like, yeah, we're not going to have a TV in our home. That's so good. And then here we are you know, with two laptops, two smartphones, go, you having access to whatever, just subscribing to the streaming platforms or to the social media sites that everybody does, not, not questioning it, just saying, well, this is like, of course we're going to do this. And when we had to bring that to the table, then we started realizing like, oh my word, why would we just take for granted that these are going to be in our life? When you yes. look at so much, if you're, if we're honest with ourselves, in like where are where is like some of the filth coming into our home from it's like all through these yeah, platforms all these or these these avenues and and so again i think we've got a ton of room to grow in this area oh yeah Always. but i think coming to an awareness of it unsubscribing from some streaming services a big a big thing for me was getting rid of my iphone yeah and you're going, right you going went to, to the, this like piece of junk that yes it, I, I get elisha's text and i think it's like all uh swear words because <laughs> aside from the fact that you don't swear because there are no there's like no sense to the words it's just like a jumble of yes. symbols and things i'm like what is he trying to say i know this is i don't know how to answer his phone if someone calls i just yes. like hand it to him because it's too like, all in caveman. all it's been it's been a good experience not having a smartphone and this is the light phone that's what i have right now and it. It's basically, you can't do anything on it, and so you, you're never on it. I thought maybe I, it would be good, because when it says, like, oh, you can just text and call, for whatever reason, I assumed that it would be good at doing those things. Like, yeah. oh, if those are the two tasks it's supposed to perform, I bet it's pretty good at those things. Well, no, it's not. So it's the two things that it's supposed to do, it's poor at doing. And so it really helps me never be on my phone. But I think the Gab phone might be a better option yeah. if someone's looking into that. But I do think of this when it comes to like, like you as a single guy, mm -hmm. right? No Christian healthy sexual outlet. Christian healthy sexual outlet. What the heck am I trying to say? As a Christian say, single man. As a Christian single man, there is no healthy sexual outlet. Right. Which is kind of mind-blowing, to yeah, be honest. we should be getting married a lot younger. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that works. But anyways, I think like that's when something I admired about you. When we started dating, you did not have a smartphone. Mm -hmm. And you just chose to do that. And all your brothers are also at home that don't have smartphones. Yeah. And yeah, it makes their life harder. They're like map questing directions to get places. Yeah, they're like <laughs> printing off directions to places. And I mean... But I just you can't order that an Uber. Yeah. So much. I've it's been so yeah. So after we got married, I had a smartphone for four years, yeah. four or five years, and it's almost been a year of not having a smartphone. And 
again, this isn't like the, oh, this is the answer to all of your problems. No, nothing we're saying is the answer. We're just trying to like, it's just some common examples. sense to me. It's like, okay, if I'm going wow. to like put you on You just a, said, this isn't the answer. It's just common sense. For me. It's common sense okay. for me. Uh, that like, this was like, when I looked at my life and I was like, okay, where are temptations coming from? Mm-hmm. Where's sexual temptation? It's like, okay, almost a hundred percent, not entirely, but almost like mm-hmm. maybe 90% of sexual temptations comes through the phone, comes through the device where, where are like stresses coming from or anxiety or like, you know, really downer thoughts. Like they're all coming through this device. Why do I have this device if I, if I don't need it? And once I realized I really did not need it to operate our businesses, go ahead. I, I, this is what I think though. You said something really important. You said, I did, I didn't need it. Once I realized I didn't need it, maybe we need some of these things. I think this is kind of a faulty assumption that Mm -hmm. we'll have is I need this job or I need my kids to be in the school or I need my smartphone because how am I going to get an Uber or how, well, there's a taxi, you know, how am I going to do these yeah, things? Run my business, get back to email. And yeah, yeah. How am I going to do this without this? And it's like, that's probably a good place to start. If you mm. think you need something, but it's causing stress to your life, then maybe it, it's something that hasn't been questioned. Hmm. And we want to question the things that haven't been questioned. Yes. That's the goal in our own life. And so again, we want to circle this back around to our own life because we have made some changes since yeah. since well, this go ahead yeah i mean you mentioned your light phone i yeah. think too elisha and i are big compo- proponents of b- being in different situations as far as different experiences and having different experiences i think instead of like materialistic things I oh say. we value we yeah, value we really experiences value that. sure and um an environment that i was in consistently was putting me in situations with of the opposite sex that did not value or see marriage as a covenant before God and a closed relationship Mm -hmm. and just a done deal. And it was weird because for the first time since us being married, I felt single, not single in the way that obviously I was like committed 110% to Elisha, but I was feeling feelings like, why do I feel like I'm an option? Why do I feel like I'm being pursued? Mm. Why do I feel like there's a consistent flirtation happening towards me when like that's reserved for someone else Mm -hmm. i have a ring i have four kids why is this happening yeah you know why are these conversations happening outside my marriage and when it was causing a lot of stress and lashes in my marriage because i would come home and be like this happened it was weird i don't know what's going on and after a little while of this we're just like okay this experience isn't worth it yes it's just not like okay, yeah, it has some great benefits. That's why I thought I was going to do it. It seemed mm-hmm. like a great outlet for me. But this is causing stress in our marriage. Yeah. And it's tearing down our marriage, the trust in our marriage, even though nothing was happening that was wrong on yes. between us. You were, you were more faithful than ever yeah, and no, committed. No, it was yes. never like a, a question <laughs> right. or a, a desire of mine. But it was a situation where when we sat down, we're like, we don't have to be subjecting ourselves to this. Yeah, exactly. And it, and it's not even that you, we, we could have continued on in it and it, yeah. we could have worked through it and been like, okay, well there, there wasn't anything that again, many, I think probably healthy marriages are in these types of situations and they keep, keep going through it. 
You know, they, they well, again, uh, meaning, I would meaning, just consider, but I'm not saying it wouldn't it benefit the their marriage if it, if it was removed. I'm put just saying the, the amount of affairs that do happen. I think yeah. a lot of people like probably Elisha and I, we think, well, we're never going to have an affair mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Obviously, like I, I can't even like think of that. So I'm just like saying it without even considering how big of a concept that is. But when you consider how many affairs happen, hmm. so many people think we're never going to have an affair in our marriage and it happens. Because when you're being pursued by someone and you're being seen as special by someone aside from your spouse, it is a weird feeling mm-hmm. that you shouldn't be having outside of your marriage. Mm-hmm. It's unhealthy on the marriage. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's a work situation of someone you work with really closely. Maybe you're having all these bonding experiences with someone outside of your marriage. And it's just, I mean, we could talk about like friendships and that's a whole other conversation, but it's just, you're walking a fine line. And Mm. I think like you said, the simple man, the wise man foresees the evil and hides himself. The simple pass by and are punished. And we don't want to put ourselves in situations where we think, oh, we're, this is never going to happen to us. We're strong enough or our marriage is good enough or whatever. When, yeah, our marriage, we care so much about our marriage. We're just going to get out of the situation. We aren't going to think we care so much about our marriage. The situation isn't going to affect us. That's right. And it, and it was a sacrifice. What we were getting from or what you were getting from this, this experience experience was beneficial in other areas of our life that's why we were doing it yeah because we're like hey we this will benefit this over here and then it'll help this and and so it's not like it was just this oh whatever i don't care yeah take it or leave it a little while for us to be like like, you know what the the cons definitely outweigh the pros here when it comes Mm -hmm. to our marriage and Mm -hmm. and the cons it was easy when we thought wait a second where is our marriage Mm -hmm. in relation to these other areas of our life that are being benefited by this this thing that you're attending and i i don't it it was easy once we looked at it through those lenses oh yeah it was yeah but once you kind of start convoluting things you say like well maybe you know we're like we're benefiting financially from this or this over here is helping you know with the kids education or this over here is helping with our health but then you start realizing but it's undermining like our marriage wait a second yeah. our marriage is priority over these things and and i'm just i just believe more and more that the best thing you can do for those other things for your children is is to make the decision that's best for your marriage. The best thing that you can do even for your future finances or for your future health are to make those decisions that are best for your faith and for your marriage and then for your children. It really does trickle down and mm-hmm. ultimately benefit all those things in the long run. Even though short term you might think like, oh, this is a better financial situation or better financial decision, but it hurts your marriage. Even so, long term by pouring into your marriage, I think, I'm not saying you get it all, you know, like if you, if you invest into your marriage first and foremost, then you will be wealthy. But I do think that there are like cause and effect things where you find yourself in unhealthy financial situations or health situations or child training situations because you didn't prioritize your marriage. That's all I was saying. Yeah. I think ultimately, I think I say, I think ultimately a lot. I'm just yeah. also to sum it also, all up. Yeah, to sum it all up. Also, do you, do you guys hear the trash truck? He's come by three times. Yeah, that's nuts. What I, the heck? I, what is today? Today's Monday. Yeah, so we need to remember that <laughs> Monday between yeah like nine and eleven, well, the trash truck comes twenty seven times. The first time it was like okay. That's noisy. We'll get through it. The second time it was like, come on. I guess there is garbage and recycling. This is the third time. Yeah. Maybe it's gonna be four times. Maybe it's twice down. Well, the I street. think. Yeah. Well, I think what it is is it he goes by the other side of the street. Uh huh. 
and then there's the recycling that goes by the other side of the street. Oh, so and we then still they have come one around. more pass I think go. there's going to be a fourth. Yeah, and then they come our side <laughs> and get the garbage, and they come our side and get the recycling. Okay, well, let's wrap this up. Ultimately. <laughs> uh, to sum it all up. I think... I don't want you to take away from this. Like, I don't want our listeners to take away from this. Okay, Katie and Elisha think that this is going to be harm our family. No one specific thing is what we are attacking here. We just want to encourage a discussion of, okay, what things have we assumed are final? What things have we assumed are like non-negotiables to change in our life? And are we trying to build this tower of change and family and all these things on this faulty foundation? That's right, yeah. And I don't think this is a conversation you can have one time. You know, when we were inspired to talk about this, we made some changes in our life. And I think, who knows, maybe three months from now, maybe three years from now, we need to come back to the drawing board and be like, what activities are our kids in? What, who are they being around? Maybe it's family. Maybe it's cousins. Have we just assumed that because we love all these family members that we want our kids to hang out with them? Mm. Now, right now that is the case, but I just don't want to assume anything. You know, maybe there's a bad um, influence coming from a source that we thought was just right you know, we are clueless too. That's right. Yeah. And we, we want to be able to revisit just, I just wrote down a list of things. That's like, these are the things I think for me that I can see. I know I've, the, the classic thing is like, you'll, you don't see your blind spots. That's the whole point. But the thing is a nice that, thing of marriage. And it's also a nice thing of having in-person friends that are, yes, that can see. Yes. Community and stuff. Um, things that I think are not often considered to change are things like where we live, mm-hmm. what we do for work, what we do for our children's schooling, what we do with our income, how, where's our income coming from, um, our church, our church involvement, our local community, um, what type of travel we do, you know, are we traveling more or less, or this, is it just something you do? And you think, well, this is, you know, this is what we do. Um, who our friends are, you know, different, uh, like obligations where it's like, well, we need to, we have to go to this event because so-and-so said this, or we have to go to this family event because blah, 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 you know, well, let's actually question that. Those things that you said, do we need this in our life? Um, again, finances, where are we spending our money? Health. What, what are we, how are we treating our health? Are we prioritizing it in an unhealthy, in an unhealthy way? (laughs) You know, um, exercise, uh, not the one you already mentioned, which should be obvious is media and TV and sports and internet. Like, do we, social media, social media, like, do we need, is like, Oh, sorry. I totally cut you off. Well, no, yeah. But ask, like, do we, we've had seasons where we literally, we had an online business mm-hmm. and we canceled the internet at our house Yeah, we, for like six months. We're like, this yeah. is, and we, the only time we could use the internet was when we went to a coffee shop or the library or to your family's house to go work on our businesses because the internet was too, it, it was too much of a negative in our own home. Yeah. We do all the work that we could. And mm-hmm. then Elisha would take it and go upload things that we needed to upload. And we grew a successful online business doing stuff that way. I think even social media, social media is a big part of what we do right now and the way that we communicate to all you guys, what we are talking about. But I feel like Elisha's completely off social media, mm-hmm. which is awesome. And I feel like I really think that that's necessary for my life too. And well, now so, you're only on it three days a week. Yeah, I'm like, on three days a week. Yeah. But again, we have questioned this thought of, Katie, like I need to be on social media. Hmm. And we have a plan where by the end of the year, I'm still going to be on social media, but it's going to be managed primarily by other people. Yes. And so we're going to be still communicating, but it's not 
what I need to create won't need to be online mm. and then they get a post for me. Yes. So I would say that one of the biggest things to probably consider is anything you think I need. Right. Yes. That's so good. That's so good. Anyways, any closing thoughts? Wow, we have a flickering light bulb over here. I think it's signaling us it's time yeah, to go. Yeah, that's crazy. It's like the producer we didn't know he had. <laughs> like, cut, cut. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap things up. I do want to summarize. I probably said this. I want you guys to know, too, when I was telling those stories at the beginning, I was, that's true to where my heart was in the moment. I was really critical, but it's just my, the Lord's done the work in my heart where I don't even view those stories. And I'm like, what fools, what more? Because there's so many un- spoken details to everybody's story yes it's true. that you just i'll never know and and so again that doesn't mean you can't hear from people and say i'm good i would do it differently i would learn i think what they're doing is maybe not the wisest thing I, you can do all those things but i really don't have this critical heart towards those people i do think that i want to take from that take from what i learned from that what i thought from that apply it to my own life and be the prudent man that foresees danger and, and hides himself from it Okay, we will see you guys next week. Farewell. Bye. Bye.